Welcome to the DAS Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, SEL Consultant and Dean of Students. Here on the DASH, relationships and communication come first. That's why every week our goal is to provide social-emotional learning solutions for your school community. You can learn more about me and the DASH podcast at TreyGamers.com, where you'll find our middle and high school SEL workbook, Every Decision Counts, more about the DASH podcast, and my story through education. And if you are in need of accessible, autonomous, continued education, check out our adult SEL platform, seleducators.com, the only platform dedicated to adult social-emotional learning activities. Lastly, we want to give a big thanks to the Teach Better Podcast Network for putting together a collection of podcasts dedicated to supporting the entire school ecosystem through in-depth conversations that you care about. Thanks again for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the episode. This is The Dash. What's happening, people? Welcome back to The Dash Podcast. I'm Trey Gamage, and so excited that you decided to come back to join us here on The Dash Podcast. I'm on my own today, and I'm still excited for our conversation. It's not that often that I do these solo episodes, but I've actually got a series coming up for you. I want to really break down the impacts of adult SEL through this tumultuous year, through the year that you and I have really braved through and um, defended or defeated the odds, rather, with all that's going on. I mean, there's just so much that is, is even difficult to put into words. And if it wasn't for the fact that we lived through this year, I don't know that I would believe what's actually happened in 2020 with multiple pandemics from the coronavirus, from the social unrest and injustice to these presidential elections and sending us back to school. You know, there's, there's just so many expectations and reasons for regulation of our emotions, of our minds, of our moods and everything in between. But as we move forward into 2021 and wrap up 2020, I think what has been a great takeaway for us in education is that the revolution is here. The reform is happening. We're in the midst of this change and we're not going back to normal. There's a new normal. There's a new way that we're educating our students. There's a new way that we're learning. There's a, there's a new way and emphasis that we're putting on this world. Yeah, we're still at the beginning stages and there's plenty of kinks to work out, but we're on our way. And what I've been proud of in education is the emphasis that's been placed on social emotional learning. I'm still relatively new to SEL. I've been doing my research for, for five years or so and been involved for maybe a little longer than that due to my psychology background. But I'm, I'm starting to see that this buzzword is becoming more of a trend and it's gonna settle in at a standard. All 50 states have SEL competencies embedded in their pre-K education curriculum. But now we're working on up to get through elementary school, middle school, high school, and honestly, probably one of the highest priority places that we need to put SEL is in college. Our teachers are not equipped. You are not being equipped. I am not being equipped to develop my students' social emotional learning skills 
because there's only one state in all of America that has a teacher preparation program that prepares you for at least four of the SEL competencies, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, responsible decision-making. Washington DC is the only state that hits all four or four of the five or all five of these competencies in the teacher preparation undergraduate program. The rest of the states are South Carolina, North Carolina, North Dakota, South Dakota, um, wherever you want to be at, yeah, you may you may have learned one skill. The, the popular ones are self-awareness. The second most popular that is taught in school is social awareness. And third is responsible decision-making. This is a great deal. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with this, but we, we've got so much more. We've got so much more that we can do because, um, man, I'm, I'm going faster than I thought, but you got me excited. So we need more because in our classrooms, I, I've been doing some more research and there's this thing called a pro-social classroom where it's not really a thing. This is a model. This is an implementation strategy that um, I guess is a variation of SEL or character development. And I'm actually gonna share my screen with you in a second for those that are watching on YouTube. I know this is different for um, all my friends and guests who have been listening for years, for almost four years now for us to be having video, but you know, we're upgrading, stepping the game up into the next level. And um, you can check out the video on my YouTube channel at Trey Gamage. For those of us here, you're looking at a, uh, a model, a framework that is a pro-social classroom framework. And it's, it's kind of confusing at first until you are able to dig in a little bit deeper and look at how all these components and what they look like working together. So the bottom line or the, the, the top of it all is your school and community context factor. So regardless of what a chart says or what research says, the way that you implement SEL or adult SEL in your school is gonna be determined by the climate and culture or the context factors of your school community. But as we look, I'm gonna go left to right so you have the visual as well. A pro-social classroom, I would say, starts with teachers' social-emotional competence and well-being. Because when that happens, teachers are able to build stronger student and teacher relationships, and that impacts student SEL outcomes, social-emotional and academic. When teachers' social-emotional competence and well-being is being developed and is competent, it leads to greater effective classroom management skills and strategies, which also creates a more healthy classroom climate. And of course, ends up impacting student social, emotional and academic outcomes. The third layer of teachers, social, emotional competence and well-being is effective SEL implementation, which also creates a healthy classroom climate and ultimately impacts student social, emotional, and academic outcomes. That's simple. 
that's a simple structure and a simple framework. And I'm honestly a bit perplexed as to how we can have an education system that ignores the development of these skills that are so crucial for our student, for us. Why, why aren't you and I being thought of in the same way that we're teaching our students? How, how as a matter of fact, how can I be expected to reach and teach my students if I don't have the support or the skills and competencies I need to be successful or, or to navigate my own emotions, to navigate my own trials and tribulations. You know, a, a lot of schools, we just don't account for teachers' competence and, and we just assume that folks have the skills that they need. But hey, we've all seen something in this year and, and even the folks that we thought had it the most together um, have come unraveled in one way or the other because this year has been hard regulating our emotions, understanding how to move forward in the face of a pandemic like we're in right now, it's unprecedented. It's unprecedented. So we, we can't leave things um, like adult SEL and these kind of programs to chance. We can't just assume that it's going to happen. You, you have to be intentional about developing these SEL skills or emotional intelligence if you are not an educator and you're listening. I just mentioned that there's only one state, Washington, D.C., that actually teaches and develops four or more of the Castle Five competencies. But in this pro-social angle that we're looking at, there's, there's three core SEO competencies that we need to be able to develop those three layers of student-teacher relationships, of effective classroom management, and SEL implementation. And those top three are a high level of self-awareness. Can you recognize how your patterns of thoughts and emotions impact the way that you make decisions? Can you understand and recognize the way that um, it impacts your learning environment, not just for your own decisions, but for your kids? Self-awareness, the second one is social awareness. This is your ability to understand the verbal and nonverbal cues of others, and also be able to understand how your body language is impacting your own classroom environment. And the third key SEL skill of the top five is the relationship skills. That's how you are establishing and maintaining healthy, supportive relationships. And that includes your communication skills, active listening, and collaborative problem solving. Teachers with these skills are so much more likely to build the healthy, healthy teacher-student relationships, model classroom management, and implement SEL with fidelity. Ultimately, cultivating a healthy classroom climate and a social, emotional, academic outcome that we can be proud of. Now, I've been fortunate here on the podcast, and, and I, if you listen, you have probably heard me say this all the time. Having a podcast like The Dash is the most wonderful excuse to reach out to some of the brightest minds in SEL and in education. So I've been fortunate to talk to some of the forefathers or grandfathers of SEL, like um, Dr. Maurice Elias. And you can see his book um, right behind me, the other side of the report card. Awesome guy. And he was one of, um, one of the initial researchers, as far as, as I understand, with what he did. So I, I do want to go back a little bit and look at some of these foundations of SEL, because where we are today, I, I Feel like we know SEL is a buzzword, but still not necessarily sure of the origins or who it's for 
or what it's for, but it's actually an ancient concept similar to restorative practices. You know, these are things that you're probably already doing in your classroom. There's probably already ways that you are implementing SEL skills. You're doing that through anytime you're asking students to reflect, anytime that you involve them in the decision-making process, anytime that you involve them in resolving their own conflicts, or, or even when you provide an intervention that challenges them to regulate themselves and be self-disciplined. These are all skills that we're already building, but it might not necessarily fit in a systematic SEL framework. And that's cool. That's cool. Every school is not bought in yet. We, we all want more. Our kids say we want more. Our administrators, teachers, and parents say we want more, but we're still working on a place to where our budget and our, our curriculums are aligned with what we say that we need, okay? So it's an ancient concept and it's really about preparing children to be responsible, productive, caring and engaged citizens. It, it's a timeless pursuit that continues to be the goal of education today. How best to do this on our modern school system, however, is a relatively recent and still evolving area of study and practice. So, so back in the days, when you look at, um, Aristotle and Socrates, they look at developing these skills and these virtues really, right? Finding moral balance, understanding character, um, and even mixing it in with the physical education, the arts and the math. That's the same thing that we're doing in education now. Some things only change on the surface, but underneath they really stay the same. Now, as for the modern research in SEL, that, that kind of began in the 60s at Yale, Yale School of Medicine and Child Study Center. You, you may have heard of, of Mark Brackett. If you know Mark Brackett, uh, let him know that we wanna have him here on the DASH podcast. Really excited um, and really want to get him on here, hopefully for episode 200. I'm claiming it right now. Uh, Mr. Brackett, Dr. Brackett, if you're hearing this, I'd love to have you on for episode 200. That's my, that's my shameless plug there. But in the 60s, a lot of this research started, in, and you can listen to our episode with Dr. Elias to talk, to talk to him about how a lot of this research came about in the 70s and in the 60s. One of the first school programs focused on two poor, low-achieving, predominantly African-American elementary schools in Connecticut, and they had the worst attendance and the lowest academic achievement in the city with Help from the program though, the school was able to establish a collaborative management team composed of teachers, parents, principals, and mental health workers. That team made decisions on issues ranging from the school's academic and social programs to how to change school procedures that seemed to be engendering behavior problems. And so when we move forward through the 80s and even into the 90s, now we start to see CASEL. Now we start to see grant funding. Now we start to see uh, the Center for Children in places like CASEL step in and create the terms social emotional learning. So before the 90s, that term didn't really exist, but it was happening. The research was happening. And after the research happened, CASEL stands for Collaborative to Advance Social Emotional Learning. Isn't that pretty cool? So we went from 90, we went from ancient Greece to the 60s to 80s. And in the 90s, 
we have Castle. And this is a framework that is, is trickling down through our schools. It's a framework and a model, a go-to guide for a lot of things SEL. If you haven't been on Castle's website, I absolutely encourage you to go to Castle's school-wide guide to SEL to figure out how you can step-by-step -step and systematically implement SEL in your school community. I know at my school at the PD Math, Science and Technology Academy, we've been using the Castle school-wide guide for two or three years now. And it's pretty cool because there's a rubric that shows you how you're implementing the steps in your school and, and tracking that progress. I'm not gonna be too long-winded here today and I'm not gonna be too long-winded in the series, but if you know me, you understand my passion for adult social emotional learning. The dedication has started with me from back in my days in college where I was so focused on students and wanting to support students so much so that I was speaking across the, the state, the country and still doing my part to speak today. But I realized that how can I expect to really reach the students if I'm not teaching teachers, okay? It's, it's one thing to have an impact with students in a 30-minute keynote conversation or something like that, but you are teachers, you're with our kids in class eight hours a day. You see these kids in the next generation more than their parents see them. You, you've got so much on your plate because you're raising this classroom of 20 some kids, but then you've got your own family and your own life at home. So when we think about SEL, it's not just for the kids. It's not just for the kids, it's for you too. It's for me too. We can't reach students if we're not teaching teachers. Let's continue to work and develop and think about ways we can promote these skills. And, and I want to hear from you. This is going to be a collaborative um, time for me. Again, we've got a series coming up. So if you are listening to this episode, I need you to find me at Trey Gamage on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. And I want you to send me a message and let me know how your school is supporting your adult social emotional well-being. How's that sound? Until next time, once we get your responses and feedback, we'll be able to integrate some of those responses into our upcoming episodes. So I appreciate your time today. Thank you oh so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the episode. It's short, it's quick, it's sweet. I gave you an overview of a pro-social classroom and a quick review of the history of SEL. So until next time, we'll see you soon. This is The Dash.